Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about uh, ooh, the last Lotus with a gas engine exclusively, the last Lamborghini with a gas engine exclusively, and... Uh, Man, this is your last chance to just get uh, the internal combustion engine uh, and a couple of other things as well. A little update on uh, on Goldberg's Garage as well. But first, before we get started, a word from our friends at Empire Covers. You know, nowadays, cars are designed to keep you safe on the road. But are you providing the same protection for your car off the road? That's where Empire Covers comes in. They have high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that damages your vehicle's paint. And for premium protection, try their American Armor covers. They're proudly made in their Kentucky factory, and they have covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. All covers come with a free multi-year warranty, and we've got a deal for you right now. You get free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order with promo code CARCAST. Go to empirecovers.com slash CARCAST. Use promo code CARCAST at checkout for free shipping and 15% off. It's Empire Covers. Protect what you love. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning. The ode to the combustible engine, which soon will be no more, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it's, man, it certainly seems more and more that way. Like all the news I've been getting in the last couple of days, we can talk about is a couple cars going, hey, enjoy this new car. It's the last with a internal combustion engine. And the second press release, hey, enjoy this. It's going to be probably the last. With the so is it true that Mustangs sold they sold more more EV Mustangs than they did? Yeah, you know, more more Mach-E's than regular Mustangs. Although I'm a little dubious on that number because, as someone waiting for an an actual Mustang, <laughs> I there's a chip shortage and everything's delayed. So I don't know if they're saying, "Hey, there's a demand for the Mach E more than the regular Mustang." So if we have a limited amount of chips. We want to dole them out to our EV cars, right? And then make the other guys wait because no they will. No politics at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's demand and stuff as well. I mean, the whole Bronco thing, it was the chip issue. But then it was the roof issue. And the roof issue is exclusive to that vehicle. So even if they had chips or prioritized chips – they still couldn't get the roof made fast enough. So that's part of And remember, this is – all this information is coming from the manufacturer. They can tell us just about anything. They can tell us whatever they want. Because yeah. we yeah. have no other reference. That's right. right. So. Yeah. It's like the government. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So, uh, you know, a while back, there was a rumor floating around, and we had teased it, saying that uh, Rimac, they make the all-electric Piper car, right? This is... You know, they had the Rimac C1 or the Concept 1 or something, and it was the one that was crashed on Top Gear, and uh, uh, Richard Hammond was doing that hill climb thing or whatever and crashed it. It was kind of a really tragic kind of accident. I'm, you know, he's okay now, but I don't think he was too okay when it happened. And then we watched the video of Mate Rimac, the owner. He's a young guy. I don't know. He's like 35 or something like that. Wealthy young man. And he's like, this is going to be the new car. It's the, 
Rimac two or whatever, which we later found it was going to be called the Nevera. And the statistics were crazy on it. He's like, we're just here. We're going to test it at 85% power at this airport and we're going to run the card. And, and it was, it killed like Porsche Taycan turbo S and it just, it was, it was just fast as all hell. But the rumor was some sort of tie up between Rimac and Bugatti. Now he had already had some investments, I think either from VW or Porsche. I think Porsche owns a piece of his company, but there isn't a real big technology share. He was saying it's a, it's a financial deal. It's not a really big tech, technological deal. We are our own company. We develop our own products. Fast forward to today, and it looks like there is a deal. So VW Group, it's a little complicated. VW Group, which owns Audi, Lamborghini, Bugatti, Porsche, all this stuff, right? You need the blackboard. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Rimac and Bugatti are joining forces. They're merging to become Bugatti Rimac. That's the new company. VW, as a group, will no longer hold any ownership in Bugatti, but Porsche will. So the new partnership, the Bugatti Rimac, will be 55% owned by the Rimac company and 45% owned by Porsche. Now, that's the Porsche company, even though it's under the umbrella of VW, it's, it, it falls under their, you know, their finances, under their management, whatever. So they're responsible for their portion of it. So Bugatti Rimac is now 55% Rimac, 45% uh, uh, Porsche. And then you start to think about, well, what does that mean for future cars? And it is kind of interesting. So the first thing Mate Rimac said was, look – don't think I'm going to take my new Navera, slap a Bugatti logo on it, and try to sell it to you guys as the hot new Bugatti. He goes, that is not the plan. He goes, I will have that as a Rimac vehicle. Bugatti still has the Chiron. And there will be one new minimum, one new predecessor, or uh, uh, one new uh, uh follow-up to Bugatti, and it will be a hybrid vehicle. It will have a combustion engine and hybrid technology, and it really will be Bugatti's technology out of France and their factory and Rimac's technology and electrification into one vehicle. That's where they're going to start, and they're going to do a ground-up vehicle. That is actually pretty cool because I see that as the closest thing to competing against Koenigsegg, right, with his hybrid technology, super high-end, very fast. Well, yeah. You know, and is the Bugatti Rimac car. Now, Bugatti Rimac will also have other models. So they're not going to just have, like, the Veyron, and then that's it for 10 years, and a Chiron, and that's it. Whatever, the different variations of it. They're going to have this, uh, this hybrid version, and then eventually... Bugatti Rimac will go to just EV, and but it'll still be a new car. And at that point, Rimac will have developed new EV technology, which they're counting on, uh, which will be interesting. But if you want a Rimac Nevera, still get the Nevera. And if you want a 
Bugatti, still get the Bugatti. And if you want a merger of the two, not a not a Rimac, not a Rimac with yeah. a different logo on it, right? Then you'll have that option as well. I don't know. It seems kind of interesting. Uh, the more the merrier. I mean, and look, yeah. I, I mean, we're I we're talking about stuff that is pretty unattainable anyway, except for the the super exclusive. But it is fun to see that kind of stuff, and and we all enjoy the the, the crazy YouTube videos and the testing and things like that. The numbers, uh, and yeah, the, and the numbers are impressive. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that that's where it it's heading. I don't know if that was just a financial decision. I don't know if that was. I think it's partly like an EPA thing. It's like when you take Bugatti and you add it into the overall VW umbrella and it gets eight miles per gallon. And <laughs> as a company, they need to meet these certain EPA goals, right? These emissions goals and fleet cafe standards for fuel economy. They just kind of thought the Bugatti being such a small volume specialty vehicle it is still probably throwing off their overall numbers that if they remove that from the equation, then they have some more flexibility on some of their other high-performance cars that are higher volume. Uh, uh, anyway, it's an interesting Please. move. And look, if if Rimac is going to say, hey, let's do, I don't know, 100 Bugattis that are hybrid, and then let's do, I don't know, 100 Rimacs that are all electric – I don't know how the math works as far as like the emissions goals, but it starts to balance out like how much emissions they're they're putting out into the world. Like as a company, <laughs> out of two hundred cars, if half of them had zero emissions, the other half, you know, doesn't meet the number. Somehow they're figuring it out, right? They're going to be able to even out at some. Point. Yeah, at some point they're going to go. Listen, we need to make sixty-two Bugattis with a gas engine and seventy-two and a half. Remax with an electric engine, just a math equation. Yeah, and then, then we'll and then we'll figure out where we need to where we need to be. And of course, the Bugatti hybrid, the Bugatti Rimac hybrid, would be more fuel efficient as well, right? It'll go into an EV mode when you're sitting at stoplights and shut down the engine and do blah blah blah. So it's just and kind God of knows it won't be fast at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> they they Thank certainly God. they certainly do have some pretty incredible benchmarks to to meet but i do like their idea of saying our the first car under this partnership this merger will be a ground up car like yeah. you know um and i don't mean like ground up like hamburger meat i meant i meant like <laughs> like sort of fresh clean sheet of paper now it stands to reason they're going to sit there and go well we've got some chassis development on one of the cars that might work and we've got some engineering and some suspension components and yeah 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 we'll we'll make it work but some shared components but i think this is going to be a pretty interesting and i think it's going to be a pretty interesting idea for these guys to uh to get into that Right. There's the why not. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Why not? I, I think both It'll give us something to talk about, if nothing else. And maybe I mean, some. Well, I don't know if they let you drive one. I drove the Bugatti. Yeah. Well, then there's that. Okay. <laughs> I, I did drive. Uh, the I will Bugatti. eat my words. <laughs> um, I. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna get the Rimac out here as a press car. I think people just buy those. Um, anyway, let's welcome a new advertiser, our friends over at Good Guys. It's the 33rd Griot's Garage Pacific Northwest Nationals. It's Good Guys Rod and Custom Association. It's coming to 
Palaya, Palaya, Palalup. Puyallup. Puyallup. It's coming to Puyallup, Washington. (laughs) I don't know how (laughs) – I've never been there, but Puyallup, Washington. They're never going to welcome you after that. Yeah. Puyallup. I'm sure it happens all the time. I'm sure this happens all the time. There's some extra letters in there. Uh, It's coming to Puyallup, Washington. It's the 33rd Griot's Garage, Pacific Northwest Nationals. It's at the Washington State Fair Event Center. It's going to be July 23rd through 25th. They have over 2,500 classic cars and trucks on display. They've got a burnout competition, and they got the vintage dragster racing, which I do like those. I went to an event in Syracuse, New York, and they put me in one of the vintage dragsters, and they're like, here, fire it up. And, man, that nitro makes your eyes water. <laughs> Even you're trying to breathe through the rag, and you're out. You're, they're like, what are you crying for? What are you crying for? You look like a baby. Completely they different do, experience. Yeah, they did it all on purpose. They were all had goggles and masks on, and I hear, here, fire it up. What are you there crying you for? So uh, the Vintage Dragster Racing is pretty cool. It's uh, it's a great event. It's fun for the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's the prince, the Pinstriper br- Brush Bash that they have. I've seen these uh, the Pinstriper competitions and stuff at other events, which are cool. There's a model car display. There's a whole kids-free zone uh, over there uh, as well. There's a giant swap meet, and they got the Cars for Sale Corral with hundreds of classic cars. Tickets are on sale now at goodguys.com. It's good dash guys.com free admission for kids six and under so use promo code carcast to get five dollars off your spectator ticket so it's goodguys.com good dash guys.com use promo code carcast get five bucks off all right wait i want to go to the uh the ones out here you know back when you lived out here did you ever make it down to the del mar good guys event once <laughs> Once. It's a big yeah. event. That one's a big one. It's huge. Scottsdale's a big one too. Uh, and actually, uh, no. I used to. We used to do the Good Guys event. That was the Del Mar. Del Mar. That's when uh, Optima had the the uh, the road course or the uh, the, they the had road their, course. Their, the, uh, part of their Invitational, the, right? Part one of their part of the Invitational yeah, yeah. was there. It was the uh, like the autocross. 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 Yeah, yeah. they had yeah, that where, there. where Wanda emasculated. Absolutely. I remember that well. Oh, is that where you dented her door? No, that was El Toro. El Toro. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Wipe out well myself. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. It's a race car. That's it's yeah, not supposed to be. It's a race car. <clears throat> uh, okay, so the next new car that we've got is the Lotus. Uh, I'm not going to screw up this one. It is the Amira. Amira, I I reached out to them and I was like, tell me exactly how to say this. So the Lotus Amira, this is a new car from Lotus. It is basically a, yeah, it's as close to a clean sheet of paper as Lotus really gets. They do a lot of interesting carryover stuff, uh, but it's a 2022 uh, car. It's it's similar to the Lotus Evora. It's got the rear mid engine, mm-hmm. similar proportions, 3,100 pounds. It's got some of the styling from that that crazy hybrid or that electric supercar, the Avisia, that we've seen, which is very cool. Uh, so some of the side yeah. some of the side vents and some of the the styling on it, it looks good. And of course, this will be the last 
internal combustion engine Lotus that we will get. And I don't know if that means exclusively or will there be a hybrid version or they're just going to be EVs at this point. But this is going to be the last hurrah of engine only, uh, gas engine only with the car. And it will have two engine options. It's initially going to launch with the same Avora 3.5 liter supercharged V6 engine. I think in the Avora GT, that's somewhere around 400 or 415 horsepower. I'm not exactly sure where that we're – I think it's around 415. Um, but also at a little later, they're going to have a 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder, but it's built by AMG. Ooh, nice. Which is, which is pretty cool. And they said there's going to be a manual transmission option, an automatic transmission option, and a DCT, a paddle shift dual clutch transmission option. Awesome. What I don't know is will all of those options be for the both engines? I kind of feel like no. My guess is the V6, supercharged V6, will have the auto and the manual. And then I think when you get to the two liter turbo, it's going to have the DCT. And I, I just think because AMG is developing that engine, and they're probably using it in other, I don't know, Mercedes or AMG vehicles. They probably have a DCT that works with it already, and it's easier for them and probably more cost-efficient to package it and tune it, dial it in for this car. So if I had to guess, I would say that's how it's going to be uh, worked out. Um, the engines will range from 360 to 400 horsepower, it's interesting because a few people speculate and go, oh, the V6 is going to be the 400 horsepower and the and the four-cylinder is going to be the 360. Stands to reason it would be, but I wouldn't bet on that exclusively. It's possible the supercharged V6 is the 360 horsepower and the two-liter turbo is 400 horsepower. All they said was the two-liter turbo will be, I believe, the most powerful two-liter turbo on the market four-cylinder turbo so expect uh, left open door yeah zero to 60 be under four and a half seconds that's fast it doesn't seem like it's batshit crazy fast in this world we live now where everything's doing three seconds 3.2 three point whatever but again it's it's not really it's not really the agenda of lotus to be the fastest zero to 60 car it they're trying to make a lightweight, fun, great handling sports car, right? And all around, yeah. And, and the, also, they don't want to make a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, right? Like <laughs> not not for this. Maybe the Avija or whatever is going to be a really expensive car, but but again, this is supposed to be a sub hundred thousand dollar car. Is kind of how I understand it. So uh, it's going to have a lot of the new technologies you would expect. There's um uh. I think it's a 12-inch screen, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. You know, of course, it's a two-seater. It's got a little bit of, you know, minimal amount of storage in the front and the rear. Uh, it looks cool. You know, it. the pictures look great. Um, I drove the Avora GT. I, I thought it was fun to drive. I just felt like it still was – just felt a little – Lotusy, just a little lotusy. Like it's a, it's tough to get in and out of. Uh, it's tough to see out the back. 
um, you know, it had like a, a screen or something integrated into it and it was just like a aftermarket Alpine stereo. Like I, I get their focus is is chassis development and suspension. Um, but I think this car is going to be the most refined and most daily drivable version of the car they've ever had yet. And that was kind of their focus. Even you look at Exige and stuff, and Exige is in the when they came out with Avora, and they're like, "Oh, Avora is the most drivable version, right?" But it's still a little comparatively, yeah. It's it, compared to the like Exige <laughs> and stuff, sure. But it was still it's a fun car. I mean, I I drove the the Avora GT not too long ago. It was that orange one we took pictures of? Super fun to drive. It felt quick. It was nice to have a manual transmission in it. It was just a fun little sports car, kind of minimalistic, uh, you know, just fun to throw around. I wish we had some track time with it. Uh, a few years ago, I did go out to a Thermal out in, like, Palm Springs area, and I went to the track out there, and I got invited to an event where I was going to be able to drive an F1 car. It was a Lotus V10 F1 car. and uh, But leading up to that, they said, get to know the track a little bit, learn a little bit. And they had us in Avoras, supercharged Avoras all day long. And it's a fantastic car. I mean, we put it was hot out there. And we were running the cars with the air conditioning on, with instructors, without instructors. And all day, we were out there on that car. And that car performed flawlessly and and that's really where the lotus shines is just lap after lap after lap it really uh, seemed to perform well i'm not sure what kind of issues people may have had after that but uh we had a great time doing that and then of course the next day they're like all right jump in the f1 car and uh, the funny thing is is you know you're going around the track and they're like yeah yeah yeah. when you get the tire squeal we've all done the track days but when you're getting the tire squeal, you're losing a little bit of traction. So, you know, back off the throttle or back off the steering or whatever needs to happen as you're getting into that turn. They said, okay, we just spent a couple of days going over that with you guys. You know it already, but we, we hammered it in your head again and again and again. And he goes, now that you've learned all that, when you get in the F1 car, it's the opposite. When you the start, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> Well, if you start to feel the car slide or move a little bit or, you know, let's say tire squeal, but it's not really a lot with the big slicks, they said, apply throttle. Instead of backing off, apply throttle. And they said, because there's so much arrow on that car, the downforce pushes the car down. So when you start to lose a little bit of traction, they're like, go faster. <laughs> and... It's interesting because when what prevents the back end from sliding around? Big ass wing. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, it's criminy, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's you lose, start losing traction. Apply the throttle. Yeah, it's, it's opposite. It's, sure. It really it's is. It's me. counterintuitive. It's funny because at some point after that, uh, when Adam Carolla went to Willow Springs to Big Willow, which is a fast track, you've been on it, and he was doing the Trans Am race. He was running one of the Corvettes. It's like 800 horsepower. And and the body is carbon fiber specifically made for the car. And uh, Adam talked to the team owner. It's like, listen, that big, that big straightaway and the big turn, I think it's turn nine. He goes, 
the car's getting a little slick. He goes, it gets a little scary out there. He's like, yeah. He's like, trust me, go faster. He's like, what? <laughs> he goes, it feels like it's going to slide off. And he goes, follow the guy in front of you, go faster. He goes, because the arrow on that car will start to push it down. And the arrow doesn't do anything unless you're at like 135 miles an hour. And Adam's like, I feel like I'm like 120. He goes, I know. It feels like that's close, but it's not close enough. And... And he's like, try it. It just seems counterintuitive. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. So you kind of have to like almost disregard the slick feeling of the tires and just look at the guy in front of you or look down to see if you're trying to hit that that speed. Or in in some cases, it's just a particular RPM. He'll say, make sure you're hitting 9,000 RPM because that means you're hitting, you know, 135 miles an hour or whatever it needed to be. And he's like, he got out of the car and Adam's like, that's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling because <laughs> you, you go from slick to faster to traction and it's, it's, it's weird. But it worked in the F1 car too. You know, so anyway, the point is, is Lotus Amora is cool. <laughs> Lotus Amora is cool. I'd like to see a more practical version of the Avora and this could be it. The Amira could be, could be it. And it looks good. Um, I I didn't initially have this last bit queued up, but uh, the other bit. Forgive of me news, if I act like it's all going over my head because the car, you know, is a matchbox. It's a matchbox. Uh, I don't know if you went to go see <laughs> if you went to go see Fast Nine, but uh, there's a scene in Fast Nine where, uh, you know, someone was driving. The Toyota Supra, the new Toyota Supra, the one I just spent a week in. And I was like, this thing's a little cramped in here. And that's me saying that. And there's a, a scene at the end of the movie. I think I think Han was driving it. And uh, and it kind of got, like, I don't know, wedged onto another vehicle. Uh, they were using, like, magnets or something. And it got wedged on a vehicle. And so John Cena gets out, climbs over this giant truck, opens the door of... of of the Supra and like climbs in the Supra and like drives away and does his stunt things. And it's funny because you see a couple scenes of like a big stunt guy, right? Or green screen, whatever, John Cena, kick the door open and you see like this giant person in this tiny door hole. And it's like somehow you're going to have to put that round <laughs> peg in that little square hole. And, and, they didn't see him. No way. You don't really like see him climbing in. And then they cut to him in the vehicle, like, like a, like a camera shot through the front windshield of him in the vehicle. And I'm sure it's like somehow staged. And in that shot, you just see him squished in here. <laughs> just like a fat only imagine. And I was like, it's a weird move to use that car at that scene. And they're like, yeah, but it went from Japanese car to the cool drift guy to John Cena doing his thing. And he's just, his shoulders are here. Just as like, I just, it was a funny scene. Like I, I laughed at it like in the theater when I saw it, I was like, he can't breathe in that car. <laughs> There's, he can't move at all. I don't think he could close the door. <laughs> and Cena's not that big, which is, you know, just shows you how small that car is. I mean, he's wide, but he's not tall. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's I can thing. only imagine it, it, it'd be like pouring me in yeah, his his shoulders, you're right though, just can't fit in the seat. Like you just he's just all crunched up in there. <laughs> uh there was somebody else was was filming somebody else was filming a movie like that as well. And it was another another 
you know, pretty pretty big guy. I forgot who it was. And they got to the scene and they're like, okay, they had already filmed all the stunts and like, all right, now, you know, get the star, put him in the car. And he didn't fit. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I guess we didn't think ahead on this one. And like, well, we can't redo it because everything else has been filmed, all the stunts and everything. And now we've got the hero car out. We've got to put, put the guy in there. And I forgot what they did. They had to like cut the seat up a little bit and hide it and squish him in there and step on his chest. And then, you know, I don't know who it was. Could have been like they a- could customize a Viper to have Hogan be able to drive it daily. Yeah. They, they can, they can do just, they could. It, it was just, I, I, told, I told you about the show that was live mm-hmm. with WCW and I ran out the building and I was supposed to chase Chris Jericho because he stole my, my 70 Cuda. Yeah. And uh, I had a, there was a Viper that I was supposed to get into. And I, we did the same thing. We didn't check it until we went live. And I ran out of the building and I jumped in the car and then I couldn't close the door. So I had to leave with me holding the door. Yeah. You know, but yeah. 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 Things can be done. That's it. Don't break character, Bill. Even if you don't fit, you keep going. I still did it. <laughs> You've got to do it with one less door. I'm surprised you didn't kick that door off just for dramatic effect. I should have just ripped it off. You it have just, so much more comfortable. Just ripped it off. Um, okay, so the next car that we're going to say a farewell to is Lamborghini Aventador. Lamborghini has Lamborghini. come out. Uh, Lamborghini has come out um, with a farewell version of their car. It's the Aventador LP 784, 780-4. I assume that means all-wheel drive. 780 is the CV, which probably puts you around 770 horsepower, 769. I think CV is like 0.98 horsepower, right? So they call it a 780, but... That's their that's their their term, but uh, anyway, it's supposed to be the best, most powerful, uh, most killer Lamborghini Aventador ever, and it will be the last of the naturally aspirated V12 exclusively. Lamborghini had hinted at one point, going, "Hey, on our cars like the Aventador, we want to do hybrid technology, but we still want the V12." Which I like that idea because it's all about the sound Hell of that yeah. car. If they can do a Lamborghini Aventador all-wheel drive like this one, but it was electric motors maybe on the front and the gas engine in the back, it could be kind of cool. And then those electric <laughs> motors, you know, the electric motors, and you know, when you roll up to the stoplight and it shuts the engine down and it's got to fire it back up, at least the electric motors will, will pull you off the starting line. And uh, and get going because it, it, it's a little like what the NSX is doing, or they could pull sort of a Ferrari move and do the electric motor like on the transmission and use it as a yep. as sort of a boost that way. But uh, anyway, it's kind of the last of the Aventador, and the Aventador is a cool looking car. Have you driven one of these? No, it looks like I may be driving one here in the next couple of months, uh, but I was surprised that they didn't go more wild with. Seemed like they tamed it down a little bit for their last hurrah with that, you know, the V12 standalone. Um, I thought they would have come kind of over the top. Yeah, you, you know, they had like done, they pulled back. 
they had done some of their special edition cards where they make five or they make ten and they go kind of wild with the body work or they make it lighter. And and I think this was is meant to fit into the Aventador lineup, right? There's the Aventador, the, the SVJ Aventador, and then I just think this LP780 uh, is meant to kind of fit in that area. Um, I, I wonder if you're right, though. I wonder if, you know, they do... I don't know how many they're going to make of these. Um, I, I thought I saw it in here somewhere, but... <clears throat> 500 or something that I read? Maybe. Yeah, I think it is, but I think it was something like 230 coupes and 210 or yeah. 220 like roadsters. But does that mean that they don't do some crazy version or some crazy lightweight two-wheel drive version? They make 20 of them, right? And they call <laughs> exactly. it something else, right? Uh, because... Lamborghini hasn't really said specifically if they were or were not going to do that. But we've seen this now. A lot of the car companies, especially on the supercars that lose a lot of their value, it's all about the limited edition, you know? So if you can get, you know, they're like, oh, there's an Aventador, but hey, now we just did the Cyan or whatever that crazy car was, and they did a handful of those. Well, those things are still whatever a million bucks or two million bucks or whatever. Like they do the limited edition version. So when Lamborghini says, "Hey, this is the last natural aspirated car. We're going to go to hybrid and then to EV," does that mean that they don't go? Oh well, we are going to do ten of these, you know, naturally aspirated V twelve cars, and there's no hybrid technology, and it's just going to be lightweight, whatever. So. Maybe there's another version of that. I think at some Never point, know. I think at some point they'll get away from it. But I, I think they still kind of have that option to do that for a while. And I say for a while, I say ten years or more, you can still do that. Maybe fifteen years, you can still go. Oh yeah, we we're gonna we're just gonna do an exclusive V12 naturally aspirated, you know, seven hundred and seventy horsepower. We're gonna make five of these cars. They're gonna be two and a half million dollars. You know, whatever. Uh, in 20 years, one of those V12s is going to be priceless. I, that's that's the thing. Is you start looking at uh, some of these cars and go, this is the last gas engine uh, Lotus. This is the last purely gas engine Lamborghini. And you kind of want to be like, ah, those are kind of maybe the ones you want to get. Because not that the hybrid <laughs> ones won't be cool. They'll be fast and they'll, they'll work. But I don't know if you – if you have the means to have multiple cars, have a collection, it is kind of interesting to see, you know, look, the the same reason some people went out and bought the first new Bronco or the first Mustang Mach-E is the same reason why you yeah. buy the last Aventador or the last Lotus, right? Yep. I mean, Ferrari just announced their, uh, their new, you know, mid-engine rear mid car with a V6. Ferrari's got a hybrid V6, turbo V6. Right, <laughs> unreal, and and the sky's falling, and so much of Ferrari, like Lamborghini, Ferrari was always about that V twelve sound for their front engine cars, and that flat plane crank V eight for the for the mid engine cars. And now, what's the V six going to sound like? You know, I mean, they're going to have to do a lot of sound engineering work to make that work for you know make that attractive to a Ferrari buyer. You know? I don't think they would undertake it if it if they didn't have the ability to make it happen because that is a standalone trait of that brand that 
can't be bastardized. I, I think so too. But at some point when we get into purely EV cars, you know, yeah. then 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 it's a different conversation. Then what? Yeah. Then how do you? I don't know. They're going to have to do something with it. Um, a word from our friends at Geico. Do you own your home or you rent your home? Well, either way, we can be a lot of it can be a lot of hard work. But you know, it's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because we already know you have so much to do around your home already. So just go to Geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right. So our pony car wars are uh, still alive. I wouldn't say well, alive and well, but they're they're alive. And uh, the hit is being taken by the Chevy Camaro. There's It's been rumored now for a while they're not going to continue to make the Camaro. Uh, they were trying to gauge interest to see if people really want this thing. And uh, the, the sales are not really adding up. Um, in, in 2020, this is a little bit pre, pre-chip shortage. We had 61,000 Ford Mustangs sold, 52,000, almost 53,000 Dodge Challengers sold. So 61,000 and 53,000, but 29,000 Camaros. So uh, Mustang did double what the Camaro did, and uh, Challenger is still moving along now. Don't don't think Charger in this because that's a four door and the Charger really outsells all of them. Uh, yes, but uh, fifty three thousand Challengers, sixty one thousand Mustangs, twenty nine thousand Camaros, uh, which is the end of an era, man. It, it's yeah. kind of pointing more toward the Camaro being discontinued, which is too bad because the upcoming Corvette Z06 is reported to have a 5.5-liter flat-plane crank V8 with 600 horsepower. And that's that's apparently going to be a badass engine. The testing and everything we're seeing on it is going to be incredible. And the rumor was, as a swan song for, for Chevy Camaro, they were going to do a Z28 with this engine in it. Which would have been a badass, right? It would have been a swing oh, at, it would have been a swing at the Shelby GT350 flat plane crank V8, okay. 520 horsepower, 100%. and uh, and somewhere in between that and the GT500. But they're going, hey, what if we just did naturally aspirated 600 horsepower, that fantastic sound from that engine, put it in a Camaro, and just do a handful of Z28s, uh, and. It it's kind of a parts bin car, right? So it's not. It's kind of like the Mach One that I bought. But there's nothing really super exclusive, you know. They're like, can we assemble this without spending a lot of money? They they could do it. The engines out of the Corvette, uh, you know, the, the the car is already built. They've got some some things to work out, but for the most part, they would have been able to get it done. But now it's looking like that might not happen. So. This is the worst like news story ever. This is a what if. This is a this is news on a car you're never going to get. Um, I like. I'd be great if they changed their mind and they said, "Hey, you know, 
you're, you're right. This isn't really about just the business case. This is about the fans. And maybe they did an exclusive amount. Here's the thing is I don't know what it would cost for them to put this car together. But whatever number they came up with, I think they would sell them all. If they said, hey, 100%. We, we sold 30,000 Camaros last year. We're going to give you a really hot Camaro. We're going to do 2,000 of them or 5,000 of them. Do you want it? I think they'll all sell. I don't know if the rest of the Camaro lineup will sell, but those will sell because <laughs> yes. we like things that, when they're threatened to be taken away from us, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to take away our, our, our gas engines, our high horsepower engines, our Hellcat motors. Well, what happens is sales start to skyrocket because we're like, well, we want it before it's gone, right? Dodge Durango Hellcat. They were going to make 2,000 of those. They blew away the order books, way beyond 2,000. And Dodge said, all right, we're going to step up and just however many orders were taken. I don't know if it's 2,500 or 3,200 or whatever. They're like, let's just fulfill the orders. Let's just build them. And I kind of feel like... that's a manufacturer that listens to its customers and and follows through. I mean, you know, that's, that's a complete difference between the two as we see right now. Right. Now, for them, that's just a good financial decision. They said, we're already going to make 2000 We think we can make money off of making 2000 And then orders came in, and they're like, well, we're no longer covering the cost, right? So now we can make these vehicles at a profit, so let's make 3000 or whatever. So the, the interesting thing for Camaro is they would have to build it. They would have to build this thing. What's the business case? What's the number? Is it 2,000 units for them to make money? And then from there, you know, is there a cherry on top? Do they make 2,500? Do they make whatever? But I, I don't know. It seems like it's a cool car to have. I, I, I think there's some styling characteristics of the Camaro that I think people didn't love. And I know they nipped and tucked it here and there over, over the years. But uh, it's got that big A-pillar. It's a little tough to see around. And, and can't see out of it. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough thing, but it performs well. I drove that ZL1 with the supercharger on it and everything, and that thing was that thing was badass. I drove a ZL1, and then I drove a version that Borla had sent. It was it was wrapped with with Borla, and it was like their SEMA car, and they had done their exhaust and stuff on it. And I was like, this thing's even better. Like it's still a muscle car, guys. It's still a badass car. It just hasn't come up in conversation in a while. You know, I, I mean, I, I've, I've only driven a few. I, I haven't owned one. I couldn't tell you what the issues were. But I know when it came out, the aftermarket loved it. Every, everybody was doing all kinds of suspension pieces and upgrades and all kinds of stuff for it. It did fade, though. I mean, it hasn't been a topic of a conversation for a long time. Yeah, hasn't been the topic of a conversation for a while. I just think because they're trying to kill the buzz on that. I just don't know that uh, – you know, because if they're not going to do it, they got to get people excited about, I don't know, C8 Corvette and some of the other Something stuff else. going on. But, um, uh, well, I took advantage of, uh, of our little bit of a holiday break. Um, oh, I got a text from Dodge. Yeah, I got a text from Dodge. I hit him up and I said, hey, Goldberg and I are going to be in the studio today. I heard a rumor you got some news announcement on your muscle cars. 
do you want to spill the beans? And they texted me and they're like, there's no beans to spill. The story hasn't changed. Uh, the story was, we all love the Hellcats and the muscle cars. What is the future of those cars for the Dodge brand when they have to start moving toward EV type of things? And the boss, Tim Kaniscus, that you you know over there, he said, previously he said, we're not abandoning the muscle theme. We love that. It's been very successful. We just need to achieve it in a slightly different way, meaning hybrid. Um, so I don't know what that does to sounds because that's always a big thing for us, the sound of these cars. But the performance of these cars is is his thought is still develop muscle cars, still develop crazy power numbers, but do it in a way that – you know, fits the future of the of the company EV and things like that. So that was the, that was the note. <laughs> That's like at the electric uh, no, an electric motor assisting a Hellcat platform. That, that doesn't sound too bad to me. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm down for it. I, I'm down for it for the same reason you are because you've got a garage full of gas engine versions of it. So why not? Who better to put you know to do an apples to apples test than than you know what you've got over there. So anyway, I'm interested in it because I don't know. I guess because we're all fans of cars over here. Uh, so during the break, I started to uh, load up some of the tools. So I called my friends at Snap On. You remember we were there. Uh, Adam and I were there. I don't know. It was last August and filmed a bunch of stuff with them. And and I like the Snap On guys, but man, just talk about. Americana, like patriotic. These guys are just rah, 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 America, America. And I love that about them. But there's a brand loyalty there. Yeah, there's a brand loyalty there that those guys, it's, it's, it's the, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep for sure. So, um, I, uh, you know, they talked to somebody else and they said, yeah, we wanted another guy to come in and do this thing, but we noticed he's got other tools in his garage. And I was like, oof. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, well, I don't officially have any tools in my garage. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm not looking for a handout here, but can I buy some tools from you guys? And between COVID and everything else, things got very, very slow. But I, the past, I haven't talked too much about it, but the past couple of months, I've been getting some stuff in from them, making a few orders, got a nice toolbox in there, got some tools in there. By no means do I have anything near the collection that I have, but I'm just trying to get a a foundation of some basic tools so I can uh, do some work. And uh, because I, you know, when I moved, when I moved my cars to my warehouse, we, you know, Sean in the shop has his tools, very expensive, locked in his box like any good mechanic should. And then we have just sort of some some, some general use shop tools, but it's just open drawers and they're all dumped in there. And, and when we go to the track, uh, a lot of the guys will just – they'll grab a bunch of things they need, throw them in a box in case of an emergency at the track and load it in a truck and come back and kind of dump it out. It's just, you know, nothing fancy, nothing expensive. <laughs> And, uh, you know, if something gets lost or broken, it's not that big of a deal. You know, my brother works on boats in Florida and it's like, Hey, do you have like an $80,000 toolkit now? And he goes, no, he goes, now most of the boats I work on are, are in the water. 
He's working on big yachts, so he buys all of his Harbor Freight cheap tools, and he goes, because half the time they get lost and they dropped into the drink, and uh, he goes, I don't want to drop a $900 snap-on torque wrench into the water, and he goes, I'd rather just drop a $45 Harbor Freight, you know, and if it breaks, I buy Been another one. That. Yeah, yeah, so I get what for what he's doing, it makes the most sense, but now that I've got a, a place and I don't want to just rely on, you know, the the travel box of hand tools. So I started getting some tools no. and stuff in there and I got some nice stuff. Um, it's very exciting to see everything is so pristine and clean and new. It's almost like you don't even want to use the tools, but I'm using them. Uh, you know, I had put the cam in, uh, in the new engine and the dart block for the truck, uh, and, uh, uh, got out the big comp cams degree wheel and, uh, dialed in that cam uh, which is good to do. Um, obviously, do it. Uh, it looks good. Came out good. I think it's. Uh, I think we're good to go. So now I'll just start putting more of that engine together, put the heads and, and stuff on it, and uh, get that thing ready to go. And then maybe take that it means- over to uh, Galpin. But it, you know, it was fun to just kind of sit there for a bit in a nice clean shop with uh, some tools in front of me and go, "Hey, I'm ready to. I'm ready to work on this thing." And uh, you know, there's a couple little things I was I was missing, but uh, you know, a quick run to the auto parts store and come back and get it get it done. So as I'm getting you're my breaking it in, man, that's perfect. Yeah, you know, you you find things that you need as you're working on it and go, oh, well, I need this tool or this tool or these bolts or whatever, and and uh, never so, Yeah, but you start to slowly acquire those things in your shop, and and I had to run out and get like half inch coarse thread bolts to get the uh uh the piston stop mounted to the to the to the block which I did and then I started thinking this is going to come up again so as I ran out and got the two bolts came back worked on the engine and then that night I was like I need to order like a giant set of That's um, all. of yeah just uh, just a big wall of bolts so here I am $3000 later I got a bunch of bolts on the way <laughs> They come in handy, dude, but they're heavier than hell. Oh my god, and it's expensive oh, when you go and start going. Oh, I need a variation of of standard and metric, and and I need coarse yep. and fine thread, and just I don't need a, a thousand of each unit, but ten would be fine. So you end up buying a kit with all the little storage oh, yeah. bins and stuff, and you're you're easily into it for three or four grand. To get, get oh yeah, bolts on the wall. Oh man, but they come is, in handy. I'm telling you, this is an expensive hobby. We should have just stuck to RC cars. This is, should be an RC yes. car podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, As uh, it's raining outside and the concrete was supposed to be poured today. So, oh. yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I like the idea of the Moving concrete. On. I like the idea of the concrete's being ready to pour. This is moving along. Man, when you get that it's big slab guy, when that whole slab is down... You're going to look at it and be like, this is a hell of a footprint. This is going to be a badass thing. You got to get those little those little satisfactory milestones in digging all the holes and all that <laughs> well, stuff. Is yeah, thing. Yeah. But, I'm reaching for as much as I can get. But right when that now. slab is done and it's dry and you can walk on it and stand in the middle of it and go, this is going to oh. be a badass garage, you know. Um, and not just watch all the animals uh, stay on the <laughs> perimeter because of the electric fence around it right now. Yeah, yeah. they're going to stare and go, what are you doing to my land? Um, all yes. right, let's go ahead and uh, uh, wrap it up, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, you can follow me at Motorator on social media. I posted a picture of the engine up there, getting the cam timing and all that. And then uh, 
Give us a follow at Drink Bravago uh, on social media. Drink Bravago is the website. We appreciate you guys supporting that. I'm working hard to get it out to you guys, trying to get a website developed, trying to get product that we can ship out to a few states. Um, it's uh, many, many boring obstacles you don't want to hear about and getting product <laughs> and cans and labels and packages and all this stuff. But we're working on it. We're doing our best to get it done. But Go to BunkerBranding.com to get all Goldberg uh, Garage merchandise. It's out now. You got the new stuff. That it looks too. good. And Bunker Branding. Check your phone, man. I just sent you the uh, aerial view of the pad. Oh, yeah. Well, you got the drone flying out there? Or did someone jump out of a plane to shoot this thing? It, it's, yeah, the drone, the former. The, the drone out there. It actually looks good because you got a truck and trailer in the photo, and now it provides scale. Look how freaking big it yeah. is, dude. So it, everybody's like, well, you know, why is it not up yet? Well, that's <laughs> a hell of a lot that goes into building a car dealership because that, it looks like that's what I'm building. So, yeah, you know, it's the, the original concept plans from quite a while ago looked amazing and had this at about 15,000 square feet. What, what's going to, where did you end up? Yeah, we're, we're a little shy of 20. Now, yeah. That's so, what I yeah. thought. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell by the size of the dump truck, you know, well, no, the dump truck's not in that. No, shop. but the truck, I'll send you the there's one a, with there's the a dump pickup truck. truck in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a full yeah, size a, crew cab pickup truck in there. These pillars, see the size of those pillars? Yeah, in the middle? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, well, there's you're gonna like have 24 to of them, now, those round circles. Oh, yeah, then all around it. Now that you sent me this photo, you got to put it up. Go to uh, go to Goldberg's Instagram. <coughs> go to Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Follow him at Goldberg95 as well, but go to Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. That's going to be your where you want to get the updates on this stuff. But uh, if you post it, they will come. uh this looks fantastic well let's move uh move it along let's hopefully get this uh uh get this done let's cross our fingers for some good weather so you can get uh get moving on this thing oh i know man every day it's been rain we got uh, in the last 24 hours we got five to eight inches of rain last 24 hours that's what you guys get in a year yeah it is yeah we got emails coming around from our Utilities going, hey, get ready for a drought. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, all right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Room, room. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.